Go ahead and open up your Bibles to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. I'll meet you there in just one moment. Appreciate everybody uh, uh, participating tonight in the uh, song service, and we're thankful uh, that everybody's uh, been able to come tonight and, and to put the Lord first. And uh, it's just an important thing to be able to be with brethren. And uh, the older I get, the more I realize that. And I'm, I'm just thankful for the brethren here. We've uh, last uh, left off in James. We talked about uh, the idea in verse 15. Uh, well, uh, verses 13 through 15 uh, about God does not tempt man. You know, that's against God's nature. He's not going to tempt man. And so following up with that, we see here in verse 16 through 18, what we'll cover tonight, it says this, Be not deceived, my bro- beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect, perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom can be no variation, neither shadow that is cast by turning. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So, after all this that we've just, uh, we, we, we talked about, that you know, God does not tempt man, don't, don't attribute those temptations to God, God is not testing us in that way, he says this, don't be deceived. Don't be my, deceived, my beloved brethren. You know, what, what, why is that there? You know, it's not as if we have it like the Old Testament, where there were certain people that could actually speak directly to God and know uh, in certain situations if God was doing something at that very moment. And so, of course, now, do not be deceived my beloved brethren. Now, we don't have that same access today. We have, I would say, an even greater access through the Scriptures. But because we cannot ask Him about specific things, we just need to realize that, look, God does not tempt us. So we don't need to be deceived by that. Then moving on to verse 17, it says this, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. So every good gift, every perfect gift comes from God. So God doesn't tempt us. He gives us good things. So every good thing comes from the Lord. Now, I know that you've met people like this, that they think that they've done everything for themselves. You know, I, I know I've, I've seen athletes and and movie stars and musicians who have said something along the lines of, look what I've done for myself. You know what? You can't do anything without the Lord allowing you to do those things. You know, if the Lord allows you to do it, you can do whatever. But you know what, brethren? Every good gift comes from God. Do you have finances that are in the positive? hope so. That comes from God. You have a job that comes from God. If you have family, that comes from God. Anything that is good, anything that is perfect, comes from the Lord. So when we are talking about things that are good, what should we do? Now this is one thing I love about our denominational friends is this. They attribute many things to the Lord. 
You know, the, the Lord's blessed me with this. That's a common phrase I've heard. Lord's blessed me with this or, or uh, you know, God bless. You know, they, you know look, look at what the Lord has done for me. And, you know, a person might think, oh, God does not deal in all these different things. You know, uh, I've heard people say, and I, I remember saying it, you know, growing up, um, but I, I say wrongfully so. You know, go to a sporting event and people thanking the Lord. Yeah, you know what? I don't believe the Lord cares who wins these games. You know, I don't, I don't think that at all. But you know what? If we're Christians, we need to be giving glory to God. It doesn't matter. You know, think about the impact that you'd have if, if every time you had the opportunity, you gave glory to the person who, who deserves it. Give glory to God. Because everything that is good in your life comes from Him. So every good gift, every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom can be no variation, neither shadow that is cast by turning. The Lord does not change. The Lord does not change, and we don't need to worry that He's going to change. And, you know, uh, going back to previous passage here in James, you know, the Lord gives and He upbraideth not. He, there are no strings attached to His gifts. He gives and He gives liberally. He gives us far more than we deserve. There is no changing to the Lord. The Lord is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. There is no changing with God. He is not going to change his mind and decide that he's going to start tempting man. He's going to continue to give good gifts. Verse 18. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth. That we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So he brought us what? He, he made us. He made us as Christians. Now, he didn't make us just as people. He made us as Christians. Now, we had the choice in that. We had the free will to figure out if we wanted to become a Christian. But he set the way. He set a plan that we could obey him. And if we obey him and we follow his commandments, then guess what? We are faithful in service to him. So, he has brought us forth. How did he do that? Did he do that with a good feeling? Did he do that with man's opinions? He did that out of the word. Out of the word. Now, I have had the blessing to study with many people. And one of the things that I have found to be the case, more often than not is that if you want to convert somebody to Christ, you have to be the most consistent person you can possibly be. If that person who's lost looks at you and finds inconsistencies, it's going to be a harder road. It's, it's, it's really going to be difficult. But we need, we need to hold fast to the word of God. And if we do that. Then we're going to bring in people. By his word. 
not by just our persuasions, not by being good people, not by being friendly people, not by being attractive people. We're bringing them in through the word of God. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Remember the first fruits? First fruits throughout the Old Testament? What does that mean? You know, first fruits giving, if you will, was, hey, you plant a crop. The first, you know, portion of that crop goes to him. It goes to God. You give to God off the top. You don't give to God off the bottom. What happens on the bottom? You know, what happens if we go about our days and we, we, uh, we decide, look, uh, I'm going to give money to God this week. And you don't determine how much. And then next thing you know, you're going and you're spending money on this and that. And then by the time you get to worship, there's only a few dollars left. And you're thinking, ah, I'll just give what's left to God. God does not want the leftovers. He wants the first fruits. He wants the first fruits, and he's always one of the first fruits. But you know what makes that even more special for us, brethren? Is that we are the first fruits of his creation. Christians are the first fruits of his creation. Can you imagine Going throughout, I mean, I, I can't imagine this, brethren. Uh, this is this should be a humbling thought process for you. Think about think about Moses. We're called the first fruits creation, not Moses, not Abraham, not the people back in the Old Testament following the old law, but Christians. That doesn't demean them, of course. I mean, you think about Moses. Moses. The scriptures explain that he was the most humble man upon the face of the planet, you know, at one point in time. I, I cannot compete with that. And that's why being a first fruits of his creation makes it so special. It is a blessing to be a part of the body of Christ, it is a blessing. To even be a part of this congregation. And you know what brethren? If we believe that. If we truly believe that. Then we're going to attribute all the glory to God. And when we're going out and we're reaching out to the lost. We're going to give it to them through the word. And they are going to see a taste of the first fruits of his creation. Brethren, people ought to want to be Christians. The question is, are we living in such a way that makes them want to be a Christian? Are we living in such a way that people go, I'm just glad I don't go where they go. Bunch of hypocrites over there. We need to live righteous lives, brethren. And we need to be thankful for what God has given us and the opportunities that God has given us. Maybe it is that someone here tonight has not taken the opportunity to become a child of God. Maybe it is that you are already a child of God, but you have fallen in some sort of way. We want you to make it right with the Lord. You know, and, and I'll tell you, uh, 
I know we do things privately that maybe we ought not, and we can repent privately. But brethren, you need to ask yourself, do I need prayers for this? And if you need prayers, please make that known. You know, one of the things that I think I've seen within the last uh, few years, I guess five or six years, is that when we're talking about inviting people at the invitation, wanting people to respond, and you know there are people that need it. You know there are people that need repentance. You know there are people that need to make things right with the Lord. And yet they don't. Don't let that be you. Make things right with the Lord tonight. If there's anybody that needs to respond to the invitation, please come as we stand and as we sing. I have I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to 